and welcome to episode 73 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is December 22nd, and together with Robert and Goran, we are here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi. So this is the last episode for this year, 2021. And like last year, we are very honored to have Jürgen Thomas here with us to look back at 2021 and yeah, discuss a little of what we did. So welcome, Jürgen. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks yeah, so for I think, the opportunity. Uh, sure. Well, it's, it's, it's really fantastic. It's, and uh, like I said, it's, it's really an honor to, to have you here because I think um, when we look at Microsoft, when we look at SAP, um, your name always comes up. So it's, uh, it's really great to have you here. And yeah, I said what, what we wanted to do is maybe just take a look at um, 2021, what we did from your perspective, maybe what were some of the highlights that we did, um, maybe some of the lowlights. <laughs> And yeah, just just take it from there. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking back at the to the year twenty twenty one, obviously for everybody, is still a challenging year with, with the circumstances we are living in uh, worldwide uh, with the pandemic. Uh, certainly, the but but certainly also a year that that we were very busy. Where personally, in our team, we we strengthened the team, we we added more more people into the team simply due to the, the work that we have, due to the, the challenges that we have. Now, it, one of the things that we, we, from our team, focused a lot on, and, and that's that's also something that, that we are building out more and more, is, is, uh, is the deeper penetration of the SAP workload into our infrastructure test frameworks, automated frameworks that we build up. Uh, that that sometimes then then had uh, had some some results for customers as well. Lately, we we put a public GitHub project out mm -hmm. called Copy, which is basically a result of work that we invested over the last 15 months, where we go deeper in the penetration into the test frameworks with specific SAP workload, with workload on on SAP HANA. That uh, that we are running in early developments. Early developments that means early developments on uh, on of hardware, new hardware types that we we are using, new new uh, new host servers that we are using of a new generation processes. But it's also true for software, and it's even true for for configuration settings to a degree that we are doing on on existing hardware or changes, software changes on existing hardware. So that was a was a big uh, big topic item for us, the automation of, of these tests. And everybody knows uh, who is in the SAP business, test automation with SAP software is not exactly an easy one. Uh, it is like uh, you, uh, the also the configuration itself, the infrastructure configuration is already a challenging one. Uh, especially when you need an app layer, uh, quite a number of uh, VMs in the application layer, database layer, or if you also want to have a high availability configuration mm -hmm. being tested. Uh, and so that's uh, that's uh, well, that was quite quite a lot of work that we put into that. Uh, it it also resulted resulted in good results. Good results meaning we could make qualitative 
statements about new software or new hardware that we intended to, to ship, that we intended to get into the fleet. Uh, now, the good, the, the good results might not have been good results for, for our developers because we, <laughs> we, 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 in some cases, detected things that were not working. But at the end, from a customer point of mm. view, it was good results because we could make qualitative, uh, qualitative statements about the, the state of software, the state of hardware. So, as mentioned, that, that was a big, uh, big area we invested in. And, and put a lot of efforts in. So, we also so uh, Jurgen, basically more, they are not just the standard benchmarking tests like SD benchmark or those uh, BW. Uh -huh. and, uh, this is more so, it, yeah, okay, it leads to more stability, so to say, and yeah. uh, more quality of the overall experience. Yeah, exactly. So, so the, the BW benchmark is certainly part of it as well, right. yeah. but uh, but it's also, we, we also want to have uh, then, then other tests overlapping with it, and and again, it's it's really about the functionality, quality, but also performance impacts of certain things uh, that that we intend to do configuration changes. Uh, we do know that, for example, the microcode changes on the bias level can have impact on the overall performance mm -hmm. of hosts, and so. Uh, testing testing SAP workload against it is very important for yeah. us and, and for our customers as well because we want to deliver deterministic performance and we don't want to de degrade the performance at all. Uh, so there's a, that's that certainly certainly was uh, was quite uh, was quite work. Then another area that we we certainly invest was uh, was our high, high availability configurations. Again, we had uh, shared this going uh, going out uh, as a as a product becoming GA. Very interesting, especially since we now have a solo replication for the shared disk as well. Uh, a great uh, good uh, with the solo replication, a very good product to have it easy to build Windows clusters uh, for ESCS and SCS. And, and certainly a big work item uh, where we invested a lot of resources in the team uh, and, and efforts was our NFS service on Azure files uh, that is now channel available. Uh, we had a block released by the product team, I think, last week or a week before. So, so no doubt that that took a lot of efforts from our side, testing a lot of SAP scenarios, testing, also detecting problems with the product, but giving us a very good idea what scenarios can be supported, what scenarios we are not able to support yet with the product, uh, which is important because in our documentation, these, uh, these findings are reflected no doubt about it. our development team uh, is working in enabling the other scenarios as well. It will take a little bit more time, but we do have a product that can be used at this point in time for certain scenarios like submount, like Transtir, uh, very cost efficient, very cost effective product. So from that side, uh, certainly something that uh, we like uh, uh, to see. And as usual, uh, we are very dynamic in our in our development. We we will 
subsequently over the next year improve the service and enable other scenarios in the SAP workload space as well for the product. So that, that also was, was a bigger, bigger item. And one that fell a little bit short, uh, I need to admit, and uh, I, I would consider that a little bit as a low light, uh, is certainly uh, we, we released a new uh, new hardware uh, or new VM types with EV5 and DV5. Uh, um, we were hanging a little bit behind in the certification uh, for those for NetWeaver. Uh, we we now uh, we are in the process of of, uh, of finishing that. So I hope beginning next year that, that we have them then NetWeaver certified and then for the HANA certification we look into Q1 for some of those those new types as, as we need to meet certain KPIs. Uh, we basically uh, will take selective ones that, that fulfill these KPIs and then try to get HANA certified. And, and so, yeah, it's uh, pretty, uh, as mentioned, we are a little bit late in that, that one uh, compared to when we released it, but no worry, uh, it's, it's getting done. Uh, within the first quarter, NetWeaver certification even, even sooner. So that's that's also a, a pretty good one. HANA large instances, we put a lot of efforts in, in certifying different opt, uh, obtain uh, SKUs, you know, uh, the persisted memory uh, obtained by Intel yeah. is one of those, those functionalities that we as the only cloud offer. Uh, Hyperscape Cloud offer uh, offer with our HANA large instances, and SAP certainly wants to see uh, certifications of those. Was also to a degree very challenging. Uh, this is also uh, relative, still relatively new technology uh, that uh, that we uh, well that that we certified here, and their the experiences as we have them. On on DRAM is is missing to a degree, so so good good learnings to be had out of that. Uh, we also have a customer that uh, that is using these things, or these large units really with uh, with obtain, and so yeah, we we worked quite a bit in that space and, and put quite a bit of efforts in that space, which uh, which is. Uh, which is very, very good to know to get experience with it, and then you'll see how, how the technology will advance. That is uh, probably, probably the, that very interesting customer projects as well. Uh, certainly, certainly always, uh, always challenging, and, and always to a degree high availability, disaster recovery requirements that, that certainly push us always harder. So uh, I'm, I'm the last one arguing that we are the ultimate complete platform that uh, that can fulfill everything and anything that, that you ever wished and desired. That's not the case, obviously, but we, we are in these projects in a, in a very healthy and a, in a productive uh, conversation with our customers or partners. And, and really get very good inputs, very good feedbacks, where we then can, that we can take them and, and really develop into the, those directions. And so it's uh, very good findings to see, very good to see that we to a degree turned around and, and are already working on. You see that, for example, in the zonal replication that we have in Azure Shared Disk and more important, 
for NFS on, on Azure files. Uh, Sonal replication being one of the attractive yeah. uh, functionalities of those storages. I mean, I guess I like the zones we are, we are, we saw both Linux and Windows high availability for central service in some way, we can say, uh, in a nice way. So to say it's a synchronous replication, it's a, a seamless failover, uh, no need for customer to do anything there on a f file share or a shared disk, whatever is being used, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's the it's, as mentioned. That's uh, these these things certainly came from feedback with customers, came from feedback, especially from SAP customers, and and so yeah, that's uh, that's that's things to be we like to turn around here and then uh, productize. Yeah, I like there then with with all these components, with the the new services, with the high availability configuration that um, we then also take these um, lessons learned or components and, for example, document them on, on, on docs.microsoft.com that we have um, the automation framework um, that where, where we help customers to deploy these infrastructures, that we worked with SAP on the cloud appliance library, where, where, we, where we then really take all these um, features that, that, um, that we have developed or that we made available in Azure and then we, we abstract it basically and, and make it easier for customers to consume. And again, there we have our own automation framework, which I think with Terraform, with Ansible that we introduced um, recently, um, that is very powerful, very flexible. But then we also have the, um, again, the, the CAL deployment um, that we worked very closely with SAP actually, where we had joint architecture reference discussions with your team, with, with SAP and so on. No, I mean, the, the the one thing is also is also clear that there is no one single way mm -hmm. that the that that is being used by customers and partners to deploy infrastructure on Azure to deploy uh, to deploy uh, SAP software in this infrastructure. They they are dependent on customer part and there there are many different ways that uh, that that are being used. Uh, for example, uh, one of the observations we definitely have is that that in the automation space, a lot of partners and, and customers uh, move to Terraform Ansible, and and that is the feedback we got last year about that basically resulted in in the product that we were in the project that we are having, the GitHub project of Terraform Ansible, which is tremendously successful, and we are we are working very closely with partners in that space. And customers to con uh, to get feedback or in order to to then uh, prioritize functionalities that we want to implement in there, and and even then with the Terraform Ansible framework that we have, it is extensive. I mean, the the, mm -hmm. the point is that we want to give the the partners and the customers tools. We are not taking uh, we we are not we are not having the the attitude saying, well. Uh, we we give you we give you a complete runbook or, or playbook yeah. here. No, it is really a modular thing that that you as a partner can integrate into your own tools that you mostly have already. Customers do have a framework very often as well because they are not only deploying SAP software on Azure. Let's be clear about that. And so, or have even multi-platform uh, multi-platform uh, implementations of their software across multiple platforms, very standardized on, on something like Terraform Ansible. And so 
this is a this is a tool set that that is adaptable that is extensible by 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 partners and customers on the other side we do have customers that want to want to use something uh, want to have an easier deployment something that that Cal can can help mm-hmm. them at the end of the day and and so yeah the same is with our documentation where we describe how an architecture looks like there are customers that say hey, look i mean i want to do my powershell automation and powershell automation like we microsoft for example did and and so we want to we want to serve everybody here and, and yeah it's a lot of effort and in documentation to do but uh, it is worth doing it and uh, it helps tremendously they are also great efforts and and like one, one thing i can tell uh, we we have a we have another quality check tool that uh, that uh, is developed that will be a next version in the first week of january We'll write some uh, together with the, the developers of that uh, of the tool. We are writing. Uh, we are going to write some documentation, a block around it. Very uh, a great tool, uh, an awesome tool, especially for for self service of a customer to figure out: Am I along with the with the with the or am I <coughs> is my SAP deployment conform with uh, what Microsoft? An SAP recommend mm-hmm. referencing SAP notes where that that state this and that issue needs to have a different Linux kernel pacemaker cluster configurations uh, comparison whether those are within the within the documentation that we released. These kinds of tools are super important, and these this uh, getting those into the public, uh, getting uh, getting those accessible for the customers is super important. Because customers then really can improve the quality of the deployments, and uh, and with that one uh, avoid uh, avoid incidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, I I know you are also. I mean, Azure is constantly changing. Uh, you are also working on a new refresh PPG concept, for example, as a kind of important ah. topic. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good topic as well. Yeah, the the proximity placement groups. I mean, it, it's also a demonstration of how Azure does change over time. I mean, uh, the, when when we came out with proximity placement groups, that was was a was a time when availability zones were were just at the beginning, and and there we had in some of our regions. Reasonable, reasonable large problems with with network latency between uh, different layers of an SAP workload implementation, like the application layer to the database layer. Simply, our constructs that we had to provide co-location were not good enough, and and a lot of things changed meanwhile. So, but. But in, in, to be precise, as we as PPGs were introduced in a few years back, we said, look, uh, let's let's take all the stack, uh, let's take the whole stack of database ASCS, SCS, and, and the application layer VMs into into one proximity placement group, which then provides co-location in uh, under uh, under what we call a, a network a network spine that usually correlates to data centers not always the case but usually kind of kind of correlates to a data center 
which then provides obviously a, a great network latency that's somewhere in the 0.2.3 milliseconds usually, uh, as, as always with some exceptions eventually. But the, that, that, that worked perfectly fine, but the, at the same token, uh, especially in our large regions that do have quite a few data centers where even a, a single availability zone is, is often more than one data center, cause then some ripple effects. Ripple effects being, for example, that we were introducing a new VM type, a new VM family that, that required a new generation of hardware. And us not being able to put the new generation of hardware into the data center the customer already deployed, not being able simply out of the reasons that there's no power anymore, there might be no square footage anymore to put that, that hardware down. And so suddenly it ends up in the neighborhood data center for the same availability. So, but PPGs now restricting restricting the customer deployment to stick within that in that network spine and not being able to accept VMs that are in another network spine in, in, uh, to be deployed. And so that these things became, became more and more restrictive for, for existing customers. On the other token, our, our infrastructure and network folks really also listening to feedback uh, as a result, improving the network infrastructure, improving the, the way how regions are getting built out, improving the, the network latency within an availability zone dramatically, but also with, with between availability zones. So especially the improvements that, that were applied worldwide to all the regions uh, in the communication of uh, uh, within an availability zone in the cases where, where multiple data centers are building up one availability zone resulted today uh, in, in the fact that we can easen up a little bit in, in our uh, usage of the proximity placement groups where we now can argue, you know what, uh, if you deploying into an availability zone, uh, the network latency usually in, in all our region is acceptable and good enough so that you don't need to force these different layers into one single uh, network spine. As long as you're staying within the availability zone, uh, you're fine if, if, the, uh, if, the, if the application layer is running in one, on the one network spine and, and the data database in another network spine. This is reflected in some documentation changes that we did uh, in, in the middle of November. So that, that, should think, that should make things a bit easier, a bit more flexible. In, uh, in in deploying and then later on in life in the life cycle management as you want to change types either because you want to become more cost efficient and more cost effective or as you need to change different VM types because you're encountering more load you need more larger memory as well mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's also changing was also changed here that we did uh, yeah. I think other areas that, that are also worth to mention, and I forgot that uh, to a degree, we also, if you find more documentation on, on cyber, on SAPIQ, formerly Sybase IQ, where we put quite a bit of investments in, 
again uh, feedback by customers. Uh, we it, uh, we did see an increasing number of uh, number of customer numbers of customers coming asking for it, and uh, so we we basically uh, put some time aside and, and really dug into that and uh, did uh, yeah, did some documentation about it. Mm. Yeah. I think the, I mean there there are lots and lots of topics. Um, if if we go up the stack um, with um, uh, with uh, Sybase with with other databases, when when we talk about um, backup functionalities, um, um, the uh, improvements that we have with um, Azure Backup for SAP, I think yeah. a lot of things happened there. When we Look at Azure yeah. monitoring. All the things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, it's amazing what happened in the, in the yeah, Azure no. monitoring area. I mean, it's clear. I mean, uh, the, the thing is, is where the, the, how we look in, in, in into it is sure. I mean, everybody expects us to have prefer VMs that are performing that that are at the, mm -hmm. the what the customer needs, but but there's more that you expect as a customer from from a public cloud. I mean. If if it's just that I move my VM into into or my SAP software into a VM in public cloud, and then I need to take care of my, I still need to install my own backup software. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, do uh, invest into a lot of monitoring stuff, and uh, that's that's kind of defeating the purpose. What you expect in a public cloud as you move your SAP workload into it is certainly uh, that you can maximize uh, services that the public cloud has. A public cloud today needs to have a backup service. It needs to to be able to, to back up uh, at least the main databases. I would not say that we are completely finished in that journey, but we are certainly, uh, we are certainly uh, advancing in that journey. Uh, things like monitoring as well, where we build up the Azure Monitor for SAP and, and mm -hmm. are extending that one. Another great opportunity or another great, great product that, uh, that one can use to basically overlay Azure telemetry, the telemetry that we are getting out of the VMs in, or out of particular uh, components like SQL or like HANA uh, and so on. So these are things that that you expect when you move into into cloud, and, and this uh, the, the work goes on in that. That that's certainly more focused than ever that we have on that, and that's certainly where the journey is going towards. As mentioned, not not to get not to say that what we what we are doing on on getting new VMs out, getting new hosts out, improving the hypervisor layer is not important. We are still continuing to do that and we are adding more work in order to, to really make, uh, give a better integration story, give a give a better story where, where the move to cloud is not only that that I'm I'm replacing some some servers that I formerly ran at home with infrastructure yeah. in the cloud, but I'm also uh, replacing software that I'm using today that have a high maintenance and operations effort uh, with, a, with a cloud service that, right. uh, that we operate, that we are taking over the operations, that we are taking over the installation, and where we want to make the integration and the usability of that service uh, with SAP workload, with SAP components as easy as possible. 
Yeah, I see maybe we didn't emphasize this, but this is really an aspect of general simplification of existing yeah. landscapes. Proximity placement groups, one example, but all those have a high availability parts. Another one, we forgot also the SBD devices on Linux as a shared disk, for example, yeah. Yeah. as an example. So simplification, cost savings, uh, yeah. in compare how we had a year ago, and especially not to mention a few years back, right? And yeah. this, this is an, uh, I mean, uh, sometimes I think high availability it's too, can be too complex, then it's a low availability and uh, who, who would manage it, you know? So every simplification is warmly welcome. I mean, and brings the stability in general. Uh, that yeah, is great ab absolutely. I mean, uh, look, the, the, there are components and in, in, in especially high availability, or if you look in, into backup, restore, if you look, if you look into the disaster recovery, uh, very, the very processes are complex by nature to a degree. I mean, it's, it's like, and, and then where the functionalities that we get out of the operating systems that we, uh, that we get, that they are out in, in tools are then becoming relatively complex from an operations point of view. I mean, the, we, are, we are talking high availability, disaster recovery, you need to be sure that these things are working. And so one of the tasks that we certainly have is, is to, to make, make these things easier. And the cell replication the, the, is one of them, uh, but also when we look at the uh, Azure site recovery that does work with SAP workload very nicely and is being used by quite a few customers in their scenarios, eventually not for the database part, but then at least for the application server part. A very undervalued uh, functionality or, or product or service very often, but uh, actually quite quite used by by a lot of SAP customers to to do DR and, and so uh, something that we probably in our case also should advertise a little bit more. I admit. Uh, but also a product group that uh, steadily improves uh, improves the service. Adds uh, support for new uh, for new uh, uh, for new uh, releases of operating systems. So really, really a hardworking team and and uh, quite a successful uh, successful service. So yeah, definitely backup service. You mentioned it already. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This uh, so as as I mentioned these the. The, the focus, there will be extended focus in, in the future of, of how, uh, or from our side, in, in how to integrate with such services in, in a more easy manner, and how to offload uh, operational tasks uh, that uh, the customer have with, with tools that provide uh, these functionalities. And, and then use uh, use things that, that we are providing, and then definitely we, we focus uh, quite a bit on on the SAP workload here, as mentioned, Azure Monitor for SAP, for yep. example. Yeah. Yep. So I think these are beautiful examples of um, a lot of things that that I think maybe we in the meantime already just take for granted. I mean, um, yeah. it yeah. feels so normal, so natural yeah. to use. The Azure yeah. Monitor for SAP that well, it's, it's it's just there or the backup functionalities or yeah. the high availability concepts it's it's just but I yeah. think for, for customers that 
really are on their journey to move from an on-premises environment into Azure. This this is there there are so many fantastic things that go way beyond the pure virtual machine with its compute and and, and storage. That that's for me something that that I always really find impressive. Take an, take another one that, that that there was hardly or I didn't see any any publication yet. Well, out of my team we will will have one hopefully uh, soon. I'm, I'm just looking at the block entry. Uh, that I want to review. Uh, ILM, uh, SAP ILM mm -hmm. is now able to write directly into Azure Blob. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so far, if you wanted to use Blob Store for uh, for archiving for uh, with ILM, you had to have a, 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 some some intermediate uh, intermittent layer in, in between. Very often, a product that you had to buy, that you had to operate, that you had to install. Now, ILM can directly write into into Azure Azure Blob Store, and and all you need to do is configure it. And that's yeah. the thing SAP already documented. We are going to have that in a blog. And and so that's uh, so that is said that this fact is becoming known because right nobody made a splash about it but it is actually right. uh, it is actually quite quite an issue especially uh, especially if you, if you wanna wanna uh, wanna restrict your memory requirements a little bit in the US for hard hardware and, and archiving and, and information lifecycle management. Uh, is becoming more and more important, and, and the ideal thing is then saying, "Hey, I, I have a product, ILM product that directly writes into Azure. SAP can do that now, and and really cuts out cuts out uh, other other tools within between other things that need to be installed, managed, operated, and so on. So, so pretty useful uh, little feature and functionality that." Uh, that we have here, that SAP uh, worked together on, on with us and, and finally released it. Fortunately. Yeah, and and that, that's really that's really a whole new world when, when we then talk about the, the application layer, basically. And I agree, yeah. the ILM integration that we did with, with SAP is, is really something successful. And I am actually already getting um, requests from customers. Um, that are yeah. interested in this, that are um, looking also at the immutable storage um, that, that we released on on Azure and how does this work together and so on. So I think there there is a lot of interest. But but actually, when we are in the application layer, there are also so many other things. Um, one thing that um, and Martin Pankratz was on the show several times already, where, where we talk about the private link integration to the business yeah. technology platform. When we look at the whole security single sign on stuff yeah. that we are doing with SAP, and then. Um, maybe to. I mean, let, let, let's be pretty honest. And you mentioned this this as a, as another focus area that we have uh, together with SAP is certainly the integration here between BTP as, as uh, the past cloud of SAP, hosting quite a bit of services, enabling customers to uh, to deploy applications, to deploy data mounts, but on the other side. Azure as well with uh, with uh, products like Teams and, and yeah. other services that you want to integrate into and that, that you want to have integrated in business processes that either are created by SAP themselves or where you as a customer want to create a flow, a workflow, a business process 
they will extend the business process that takes services into account that are deployed on Azure. Things like uh, like private uh, private uh, network connectivity between the uh, between the clouds eventually or between services super important, no doubt about any identity integration, and also event integration. You want to mm -hmm. have yep. these. Yeah, and these are these are basically foundations where that that enable you then to 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 have a real seamless integration between uh, BTP and, and Azure. Super important, and, and no doubt about uh, you, Holger, you, uh, you stand stand for for these kinds of integrations as, as an architect and, and a program manager in that space. So no doubt. Uh, it's been a, it's super important, clear, again, what we do in the VM side, that this thing's all reliable and, and, and so on, needs to be done. But the also clear, clear indication here, we will focus in the future more, uh, more attention in the area that we just talked about, about the, the integrations of, of BTP with Azure services, uh, about integrations, uh, integrations on on the application, on the business process layer. So, so important from our side, no doubt. You're going yeah. to also have a part of the team that is dealing on sub cloud platform, low level layer as well, which is basically powering the upper yeah, space, sure, right? sure. that yeah, no, sure. likes to use. Yes. No, it's a given that we as Microsoft certainly help SAP and support SAP with uh, implementing their services, their the cloud plot or BTP uh, or or base or, or base uh, uh, base technologies like uh, like Gardener. In, uh, into Azure as well. We have people on the ground with SAP doing that. I was out of my team, out of the program management team, that uh, that have that uh, that have the task, and where I think we maybe steadily increase our our folks that, that are working here in that space uh, quite a bit. And so yeah, it's uh, it's a very successful cooperation. In collaboration with SAP, very very nice, uh, in, in having uh, having good results with it. It also I can I can argue or I can confirm that there's a there's a very frequent and a very vibrant uh, communication on the executive level as well, on the SAP side as well as on the Microsoft side about these services about the the, the way how they run on on Azure. The, the reliability, the quality of the implementations, and so on. So we, we as Microsoft, definitely feel responsible as well for the quality of, of BTP and on, on Azure or other LOB uh, line of businesses, services of, of SAP that are running on Azure. It's not that uh, we, we feel responsible for that as well, because we are in the boat together here with yeah. SAP. No doubt, it's not. There's no finger pointing and, and saying you you implemented bad. If 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 there would be a bad implementation, it's our fault as well. Because we as Microsoft, uh, we have a, part, a very very good partnership with SAP. It is on us then to uh, to work with SAP to make make things right and uh, do things in the way how we think they need to be done on on our platform. And 
in, in, in most of all the cases that I look at at this point in time, these relationships are there. This work is, is, uh, is, uh, is ongoing. And so that's that I think you can, uh, you can categorize that as a very good, uh, a very, very good collaboration and cooperation with SAP that we have in this partnership. Yeah. It's well, I actually think these are beautiful closing <laughs> words, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Politically <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, we had no. a beautiful rundown yeah. of, of some of the topics. And I think this, yeah. the, the good collaboration that we have with SAP is, I think, a, a very nice closing, not only of this, this, this session, but also of the year, <laughs> which of obviously year, will continue no next year. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's like uh, no doubt uh, it will become an ex exciting year again. Uh, opportunities are still there plenty, and uh, especially when we look at, at us as well with with opening new regions as well in some of the countries. Uh, yeah, that's that's becoming very interesting there as well to 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 really address some of the uh, of the of, uh, of the local customers there that, that are not uh, that they want that want to stay in those those regions or countries so we will uh, tons of opportunities but again uh, solidly build on a great partnership with SAP and and so we we really i mean looking looking very positively into the new year we all hope that the pandemic will ease up a little bit and with that uh, allow us to have more face-to-face -face communication again and uh, also then become a little bit more efficient in in these kind of of, uh, of works again but hey uh, it's uh, we'll take it as it comes and uh, we'll work we'll work we'll work very hard on it Cool. Yeah. Then, Great. Then, and I think I mean, um, nice holiday. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We wish everybody a nice holiday season and uh, hopefully great start into the new year. Thank you very much. Yeah. Same to you. Same to everyone. Yep. And then yep. let's see, Jürgen. Hopefully we can talk to you again next year, maybe in the oh, 100th yeah. episode or <laughs> in, <laughs> well, even more. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yep. Great. With that, um, yeah, thanks again for, for joining us here today. Um, yep. uh, I wish everyone uh, a nice break. We'll continue our podcast in January. We'll, back, we'll be back in January and then I hope to see everyone there again. Yep. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.